So I want to welcome you this morning. My name is Pastor Rich. I'm the senior pastor here. And I am loving, how about you? I am loving the summer of Texas this year. Has not hit 100 degrees yet. And I heard there was a cold front coming in. It's going to be 80 degrees. That means it must be close to the end of the world. Just kidding, just kidding. Really, but I really want to welcome you guys. If you've been coming um, for a while, and a guest, thank you for coming out. I know there's a bunch of places you could have came to, but you came here, and thank you for coming out. You come at a good time. We're actually, this whole summer, we're going to open, the book, open up the book of Acts, and we've been unpacking that. Last week, we went through chapters 1 and 2, and what we talked about is the whole series is called Ignite. And I said something last week that Jesus just did not come to establish the church. He came to ignite the church. And one of the scriptures I use, our main scripture is Matthew chapter 3, verse 11. This is John the Baptist talking. He says, I baptize you with water and repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. And we talked about a church being ignited in the book of Acts in that chapter 1 and 2. And one of the things I didn't cover, I, I went home and I checked my note, my lesson to myself. That's devastating. And I said, I forgot to say about when you're born again, you give your life to Jesus. We can't even take credit for it because the Holy Spirit comes and he initiates our conversion. And we have him in us. That's how we were able to say yes to God. Apart from that, we could not say yes to God. But then I talked about the after the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit that we have initiated conversion. The baptism of the Holy Spirit maximizes our conversion. And I want to share that because I don't want people to get mixed up. Like, do I not have the Spirit? Do I not have this? There's two different events we talk about. And we unpacked it in chapters 1 and 2. And we saw how the Holy Spirit came. And he came in signs and wonders and talking in tongues. And it was a sign to point the people to Jesus. And we saw one of the greatest guys, one of the guys that we would call, and we thought he fouled out, Peter, stand up and give an amazing, amazing sermon. And then the Holy Spirit cut the people to the heart. And 3,000 people, if you look in verse 41, chapter 2, gave their life to Jesus. And we talked about being set on fire. Well, today we're going to talk about the fire burns brightly. Because what do you do with 3,000 new people who came to Jesus? Well, they had a plan. They put them in community. God always has a plan. He always has a follow-up plan. He put them in community. And when I talk about the fire burn brightly, these are those who gave their life to Jesus, received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Things were breaking out. They became one big community. It wasn't crazy. It wasn't freaky. It was actually God creating a new culture. And he, these people came, and we're going to start, let's start in verse 42. And this one, the fire burns brightly. Remember, these people, all they had was the faith in the sun, and they were ignited by the Spirit of God. They were ignited. And my prayer today, after, you, after we go through this, this part today, that you'll say, am I ignited, or have I been extinguished? Because what I'm going to talk about today, I thought was kind of light. Then I really got convicted about some things. And the other thing God showed me, this is not an easy deal. That's why we need the Holy Spirit to build community. Because that, that rubs against our culture today. What we call community is Facebook with 150 friends. 
an email. Well, no one looks at email anymore. Because if I send you an email, I got to text you to tell you I sent you an email. <laughs> so texting. But face to face, I didn't know how troublesome that is to some people. And we'll unpack some of those things. Starting in verse 42, it says this. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. And all who believed were together, had all things in common, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And everybody write, day by day, attending the temple together, breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Now, when we looked at this, when I wrote this question down, what does a church look like, act like, who lets the fire burn brightly? Well, the answer is in these passages. It's four simple things here. First thing we see, they were committed. Second thing we see, they were compassionate. The third thing, they were committed. I mean, they were connected. The fourth, they were contagious. And I put an and in there, and they were concerned. I put concern and contagious together because it's easy to build community, but we don't let, think about other people coming in. We're not concerned about that. We'll just become us foreign no more. And when we look at that passage, sometimes we have a history. We're going to be one big community, but no one can get in. But we become attractive, and, we need, and people need what we have. And when you look at our vision statement here, reaching people and building community, this is why I'm so passionate about this, because this is the scripture I use when I talk about that. Reaching people and building community. And how does it happen? The first one is, when we look at, we have to be committed. Verses 42 and 43. They will devote themselves to the teaching, the apostles' teaching, the fellowship, and to the breaking of bread, and to prayers. And, we, and all came about every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. They were committed. First one is four things, teaching, fellowship, breaking bread, and prayer. Teaching, they start to do life by the book. How many love their Bible? How many sometimes have trouble reading it, not understanding it? Here's a hint. Let me give you a hint. Some things I read, I don't understand. I ask the Holy Spirit, show me what this means. Because I'm in a fabulous book today called Leviticus. Oh, you guys know Leviticus. That's the one you skip over after Genesis and Exodus. I don't need to read that now. I don't need to read that. Right? As a Bible student, don't take me to Leviticus. How many laws are in there? I can't count them. It's my eighth time reading it. And I asked the Holy Spirit, what does that mean? Well, you took a people out of 450 years of slavery, gave them freedom, now you got to give them a law and a worship system. And I look at today, when we help a nation out, say Iraq, and we call it nation building, we take people who have been in bondage how many years? 
give them freedom, they don't know anything about living. Same way the Israelites, they knew nothing about living. So God established those laws, human, you know, those laws uh, about crime, how to take care of yourself, hygienic laws. They're a little boring, but it, if you look at the whole picture, you see that God was setting up a system for the children of Israel to be distinguished differently from everyone on the earth. Now, you're not going to take what I just said and skip over Leviticus. You've got to read it for yourself. If you're looking for Ms. Donna, she's in the back uh, doing children's church, and she, uh, she usually keeps me on track. So if I go off track, just tell her when, she, when you see it in, this afternoon. 1 Timothy 4.13 says this about teaching and, and the Bible. Until I come, devote yourself to public reading of scriptures, to exhortation, to teaching. Exhortation, encouragement. That's why you read your Bible, to be encouraged. Hope when you hear the Bible preach that you're encouraged. Though sometimes you feel convicted, you say, God, I, you give me the reason to get better at it. That's why you read it. Because you notice today everything is discouraging. Everything. The news used to be some good news, at least for 10 minutes. Now you have 28 minutes of, we're not going to make it. And then we have one good success story. And then the next commercial. And how do you feel after you watch the news? Okay, I'm going to break out in measles. <laughs> and my back does hurt. Maybe I need to take those pills. And, and I might get stung by a mosquito and have... Okay. When I read the Bible, go by God's word. It tells me where I'm... De- not measuring up, but it shows me how to measure up. But it's always good news. That's why he calls it good news. And you always have to read your Bible every day, and every day read your Bible. Because as you're reading your Bible, God is reading you. And when you see about that word exhort, you want to be in the presence of the exhortation every day, and that's in your Bible. Or you hear someone that you love that preaches well, that it will encourage you in your day-to-day life as we look at this. The next thing is um, Fellowship. And you look at the Greek word, it's koinonia. And really, if you look at this word fellowship, it means this. That in, the, in that setting, fellowship with them was twofold. They were fellowship, they were so happy about fellowshipping with the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, which actually meant down here they can fellowship with one another. So when they would get together, they were fellowshipping, they were excited about their fellowship and their relationship with God. That bled out to their relationship with one another. Because that was very important. Whenever you asked uh, someone in the Eastern culture back then, how were your day going? They would tell you how their day, how their relationship with, with God was and our relationship with people. Not about what their job situation was. Because it's very important to them. And when you look at it, First John chapter, chapter 1 verse 3. That which we have seen and heard we proclaim also to you that, so that you may have fellowship with us. Talking about people. Indeed, our fellowship is with who? The Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And you know my old saying, because I love one of the greatest theological movies on the planet, The Karate Kid. (laughs) Amen, right? Still good, isn't it? Ralph Macchio, he hasn't done anything else since, but I'm sorry. (laughs) He goes, wax on, wax off. And you've been here long enough with me. I say, love God, love people. 
That was their mindset. Fellowship with God will relate to you fellowshipping with people. Most of the time, our situation with people is all about our relationship with God. If you're insecure with God, you're going to be insecure with people. Every time you unfold something, open it up in people's lives, it's their relationship with their Heavenly Father, which comes down and really affects their relationship with everyone else. And we can go to psychiatrists and tell you about you and all that. It's great, but you need to go to the one who created you. Have assurance with him. You'll have assurance with other people. Now, I'm not saying there's no the psychological problems, but I'm telling you, the first thing you need to do is check with your relationship with God. And when you look at that, they were committed to that. And the two other thing they were committed to, when you look at uh, um, breaking your bread in, in prayer, that's communion. They were doing communion daily. You see, if you look back here on Sundays, we have our communion. We do a public communion once the first part of the month, and we have you an opportunity every week. Have a little communion with God. And they would do that in these houses, just communion with God, their worship and prayer together. Because we need to pray for one another. We need prayer more than we ever needed before. Because that's nothing but communication with God. Think about it. How's your day when you don't pray? Don't you notice the same thing happens every day except my response to it? If I spend time with God, I'm okay. If I didn't, I'm not a good person to be around. Notice that. So it's prayer. This was the early church doing this. And you see something here that a lot of people trip over. Signs and wonders. There's two types of people here today. Those who have sign mania and sign phobia. Sign mania is this. We need to have the gifts. We need to be satisfied when I see something happen. And the phobia, I don't want to see anything that's weird. (laughs) They just fell out. What is that? I'm leaving here now. I don't know who that guy is. I'm leaving right now. (laughs) Wives hit the husband. Let's go. We're out of here. (laughs) One thing I learned in school. Do not be afraid to be biblical. So you'll understand what's going on. You'll know if someone's trying to make something happen. And you'll know if the Holy Spirit's making something happen. And you, sometimes you won't be able to explain it. But it'll happen in a way, oh, that just happened because God is good. Don't discount what God is doing. Remember I told you last week, the secret things belong to God and the revealed things belong to man. Some things he revealed to us. And he might bring some secret to the revelation of us to us. Don't be afraid of it. God does not want to hold anything back from us. No matter that would be a bad joke if he gave us an assignment to do and said, you cannot make it. You're on your own. And what happens is when we decide that it's either bad or we just discount it. Or if we got burned by it, we kind of stay back from it. And we shouldn't. Because you should always like they were in awe. That's wonder. God, what are you going to do today? What are you going to do tomorrow? What are you doing in my family? You stay in awe because, God, man, you surprised me. I wouldn't have thought of that. You always keep the awe. You keep as a child, childlike faith, you always keep the awe. Wow, you're amazing, God. Can't put you in a box because you always bust out the box. That's why the book of Acts has been so misunderstood. Second thing is we'll be compassionate. You know, when we're able to share ourselves with Others, we're able to share ourselves first. We'll be able to share our possessions. 
You know, instead of sharing our time together, they share their possessions. One thing I love about our church, and, and um, John had talked about it, you guys are always amazing when it comes to giving. Um, I think it was uh, the 29th of June. This is low crowd because, you know, we had a, um, you guys, 4th of July was coming up, and we had a, our missions offering for the month. And um, usually, guys, people cancel that for the summer, but I said, no, we're going to keep the routine going. Well, you guys, 88 people were in here. $1,400 came out. Amen. We were able to help the missions church with their roof. We were able to help uh, 10-day missions for them going to South, Cape Town, South Africa. And we were able to do great things. What was amazing was I got a card from uh, one of the guys. He says, thank you for helping us commission and equip 136 students this year so far on 2014 mission trips. Mission trips, come on, that's, that's you guys. And you guys helped us go to Cincinnati when we went spring break. Mission trips change those who we go to, but it changes the one who goes the most. And that's through you being compassionate because those who gave, you give yourself first, and then you gave your possessions and think about other people and that's what God calls us to do never think about ourselves freely we have um, given freely I'm um, we receive freely we give 15 2 Romans 15 2 so let each of us please his neighbor for his good to build them up for his good to build your neighbor up whenever you think you're having a bad day Think about those who don't know Jesus. Every day is a bad day for them. You have a hope. They're trying to find hope. Or think about your neighbor. They, you think they have it all together? They don't. No one does. I don't. You know, I said, we know that already. <laughs> Third one was, we'll be connected. 46. Can you put verse 46 for me, sir? And day, so everybody say day by day. Amen. Attending the temple together and breaking the bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts. Day by day. Warren Wisby wrote this down. He said, the Christian faith was a day-to-day -day reality, not a once-in-a-week routine. Sunday only, that's it. He said, no, it's a day-by-day, -day, to them was a day-by-day -day reality. Like when we talk about small groups and life groups during the week. Day-by-day -day for them. And I, I realized something. I wrote this down. You know, we can never find fulfillment in life unless our community life is, is, is uh, full. Because we are created for relationships because we were created by a relational God and relationships are the toughest things to build when I read this this week I'm like boy I have been a terrible friend to some of my guys I'm supposed to be connecting with I thought I had it all together then I started reading it Cam oh you haven't talked to him in a month okay God this is not for me it's for them but I realize how tough it is day to day. Hospitality. 
In the Eastern culture, whenever you had someone over to your house, you declared them a friend and an ally. Today, that's foreign. Hey, come over to the house and have a meal. And we, how many have to fit the excuses why you can't? I used to be there. And the real reason is a couple reasons. You're afraid. And two, you deal with rejection that they might not really accept me. They might just, if they really knew who I was, they would not really accept me. Because it's easy here, isn't it? We all put our nice clothes on. And this is what we hear when I do interviews. The guest said, I don't want to mess up when I come here because you're all perfect. And then I read a, a church growth principle. You have to have excellence so they won't leave. So don't be yourself. Be someone they will stick around with. So we're all fake. <laughs> but we clean up nice. Don't I? I look, you know. See, I hope it matches. I checked, but Miss Donna, it does match. And put our faces on. And I can't say you didn't have a tough week. I know you did. But it's easy. Except when you get in community and people look across the table, how you doing? Now you can open up your life or you can keep it. Now here's the thing that the church has gotten um, a bad name for. People think we want something from you. How many believe, you know, finances, you want money, you want me to pray, you want me to do this, you want me to do it. No, really, we want something for you. We want you to have the greatest relationship with Jesus Christ on the planet. We want your family whole. We want your marriage whole. We want your kids whole. We want something for you, not from you. Remember, Jesus came to give us something, not to take something. And that church is, I mean, we have not done a good job of that. I understand that. But it's about I want something for you. So we get up here 45 minutes, get it with some other people. Have some friends. How many want some, need some friends that you can call? When the, when the, when the bottom is, when the, you know, when, the, when everything falls apart, you need someone you can call who will not just say, hey, you know, I'll call you next week. They're not going to call you next week. Or I'm coming over right now. Well, that takes time, especially if you've been burned by it. Because you have mistrust. You don't trust anybody. And you can't live your life like that. It's tough. It's an emotional thing to step into the line, step in someone's house and open up your life to them. It's an emotional, I know it's an emotional nightmare. Are they going to really receive me? And then the ones who are trying to receive you, they're in the house. Man, I hope they like the furniture because, man, I hope this house is so crappy they won't come back. (laughs) And then you do it with a multicultural church, multi-generational. Hello. There's no book written for this. I read all the text. They're not in here. Like we tell the young, we got to find pictures of you to put on our webpage because those stock pictures don't represent us. We from 18 to 65. How do you do that? God says, fine, you, you got the Holy Spirit. You're on your own. No, just kidding. He doesn't say that. <laughs> I know how tough this is. 
And I used to really just cram people with it, but I know the emotional issue of it, of rejection. And being, because now you can, you can share your feelings on Facebook. Hope they get what I really mean. You ever been told off on email? Yeah, before I retired, I think it was 2000, I got this scathing letter from my boss. So he, you know, he's sitting in the office right next to me. So I went on, did you write this? Well, it's not what it meant. No, no, did you write this? Why don't you just tell me? He was safer behind the email and the Facebook. And people, that's where I really feel. No, you don't. People laugh. And then you become the talk of the town sometimes when you should be with some people. Here's what I learned. Now, I know my son's out in California. He'll be here in two weeks. And he graduated. He's in the entertainment business. He deals with rejection every day. You can do your very best and, and get, try to get the part. And they'll say, no, you're not the one. But you got to come back again and do it again and do it again and do it again and do it again. It's almost like the church. You might get burned by a relationship because they're not, we're not perfect. If it was, why do we need a savior? You go again. You get offended, you go again. You realize the way Jesus looked at us. They're imperfect being with a perfect objective word. And they are gonna, we're going to make mistakes. I will, hey, here's a bulletin. I will let you down if I haven't already. I'm not perfect. Am I striving? Yes. But that's what we call grace. But we have to have that for one another when we talk about supper clubs and life groups when they're coming up. Sign up. Go there and just hang out. Someone's opening their doors to you. Or you want to open your door. It's, it's, a, it's a scary thing. It really is. It's not, okay, they're coming over. But, you know, I know the ones that sometimes they get nervous about coming over and they'll call, they, they want, they're a little late, so I call them. Well, yeah, well, we're on the way, we're on the way. Um, it's 10 minutes, one, and they'll get there and say, you know, I was trying to get out of this thing. I was hoping you wouldn't call me. <laughs> I understand. I was there. When I go down and I do Kids Hope, praying all the time, get nervous. Suppose he rejects me today. I'm a, I'm a human being. But when you have the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, which is the next thing, you're contagious. You're contagious. And you don't even know it. You're giving off something. Let's look at that. Contagious and concern. When you look at it, they have favor with all the people. That favor means charisma. They were attracting souls, people to some. How many love winning teams? You're not, I'm glad you're not from New York. We haven't won nothing in years. <laughs> but I still love them. But everyone thrives off something that's bright and, 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 and great. And Jesus, in John chapter 17, from John chapter 13 to 17, 
he was giving his departing speech with the disciples. He was giving them his main concerns. He talked about in 13 about being servants to one another when he washed their feet. Talked about in 14 about the Holy Spirit coming. In 15, he talked about be attached to the vine. And this is all his, like his last will and testament. He's telling them right now, guys, I'm about to go, but I need you to nail these things down to be effective. Then he gets to 17. And he, start, he has this prayer that's fantastic. Because he knew what was in the heart of man. He knew it would be hard for us to get along. He knew that. And this is the prayer he had, starting in verse 20. And he had something prophetic, he said. He said, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe through their word. He was talking about us. From the disciples, the book of Acts, all the way down to Abilene, Texas, July 13th. 2014. Jesus was looking that far out, even farther. He knew it would be tough for us to get together. But this was his prayer for us. And he's praying that every single day right now that they may be all one. Just as you, Father, in me and I in you, they also may be in us. So the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that I've given you have given me, I've given to them that they may even be one as we are one. I in them, you in me, that they may become perfectly one so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them even as you loved me. When we talk about that community, Led by the Spirit, empowered by the Spirit. A lot of times, there's the same as where we say, are you filled with the Spirit? No, we want to be filled with the Spirit, but also empowered by the Spirit. The word glory that's in there talks about something that is resonating, a splendor, is bright. People can see Jesus in us when we come together. From all different walks of life, when we group together and we're doing the same thing together in one, in community, there's a light that shines that makes them attractive. And we need to be, makes us attractive. And we need to have, be concerned that they see the light. And that we need to have an open door for them to come in anytime they want to. So we're talking about that radiance. What does it look like? I was in the doctor's office two weeks ago on an elevator coming down after taking some tests. And a lady got on the, in the, on the elevator with me and Miss Donna. And she started asking us questions about some things. And she said, glory to God that you're okay. She said, you seem like you guys, I knew you guys had to be Christians. How we, we didn't say anything. There's a radiance that comes out. And guess what? The devil knows that too. That's why he wants us to break up, split up, fight, unforgiveness, all those things. Our soul, all our, the enemies of our soul, when they're good enough, they're going to reject me. All those things, because he knows we come together and do something fantastic, they will see from way out there and say, wow, these guys, I need to know who they are. Because 80% of the people that come to Jesus is from friendship. They call it the 10-10 principle, 10-80 principle. 10% hear the word, receive. 10 rejected. 80% come because of friendship. And it's not us 
On your worst day, you'll attract great bugs. Because it's the Holy Spirit. When we talk about a church, what does a church look like? Shining brightly in community. When we start reaching people and we're building and we know everyone coming in is so different and we love it because it just brings a fullness of, G- of God here on this, in Abilene, Texas. Crazy dream, but it's the only dream we got. A church that looks just like Jesus. From 18 years old to 65 years old, walking together. Fellowshipping together. Because they have a great relationship with God, Father Almighty, and then they have a great relationship with one another. And we press beyond all the fear of stepping into each other's lives because it's a fearful thing. I know it is. I'll be lying to you if I tell you I deal with that all the time. Going to someplace new and talking to someone I don't know. On either side of you, if you didn't fill out a card, Pick up uh, your, con- your communication card. I want you to write something down. This is our action step. We have our supper club starting this week. We got a couple this week, and then we have none in a couple more weeks. You can go, here's one step. You can go sign up, and someone's going to, here's the da- crazy thing about it. The host will call you. You're going to say, I have, I have, you have nothing to do with summer. <laughs> but I want you to write this down. What is keeping you from God-ordained community? And you take that card and you put it over here. Or you can take it out. Or put, can you put it one of those buckets there and put it in the bucket? And every Tuesday morning at 10 o'clock, our staff, we pray over your cards. And we pray for that. Because I understand this is a big step. I used to think this was a nothing step. If you heard some of my old sermons, I'm going to get them offline. Then I realized becoming a friend is tough. And I got convicted hard on it. I'm going to have grace this week when I called my guys. Yeah, I know you wouldn't call me, but that's all right. You told me you would, but okay. And we all deal with it. Because we made society, made it so easy. If you think we made the world smaller, we made it so much disconnected. Or we think, I can do this on my own. I'm my own man. And I'm telling you, you're not. The greatest thing you can have when your kids graduate from school, major moments in your lives, is your friends that you grew up with you. We've been here 18 years. And we know people move when they come back, but we decide to plan our lives here. How do you get a guy from New York to live in West Texas? That's God. Because I miss my Yoo-Hoo. But I get it. You guys go to New York all the time, so I get it. And I have to put up with all the Yankee jokes. Now, I'm not offended by that. But I hope God blesses you. through. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the glory is a splendor and brightness. And then says the word no. They will know by experience because they're going to come and try it. They're going to come and they're going to try it. Because of the Holy Spirit, a church living brightly 
The fire burning brightly is when we sharpen one another. It's nothing worse than having a fire with two logs and you have no more logs to put it on. And we represent a log of the fire of God. Remember I said it's a historical book. I'm not trying to make it duplicate here. I'm just saying there's principles about us pressing beyond our, ourselves. And the one who does that, the Holy Spirit. You pray, God, I'm going to someone's house. I am so nervous. <laughs> if they reject me, what am I going to do? Or they don't like, what am I, you know, those things play in your mind all the time. But you press and you'll be surprised when you show up what happens. So you take the time to write that. One thing I wrote, if you contain a fire, it die. If you open it up, it'll spread. The winds blow, let it spread. Let those fire relationships and community spread. How many know we need community in such a big way today? We do. I took a bold choice. I decided the next generation is all about, I'm trying to get them up and going. I'm an older guy now. My job is to leave a legacy for them to rise up. I'm not forgetting about our age, but I just know if they're not there with a fire, when we all go, there's not going to be any church. And I realize that. It's a bold choice, but you got to understand, it's not about me, it's about them, you, and everyone else outside of us. Our children in the back. It's about them. But the fire in each and every one of you, is it burning? Or has it been extinguished? Faith in the Son of God and ignited by the Son, by the Spirit of God. Usually when your ignition goes out, your faith is gone out. Write that down. Why don't we all stand? You don't have to put your name on it. Because I know how, oh, don't put your name on it. It's okay. But what you wrote right now, just close your eyes. And right now, when we talk about prayer, conversation with God. Say, Father, just help me with that issue. This fear. If it's pride. One thing men deal with the most, pride. We always need help. But we're afraid to say it. Because our dads taught us, suck it up and be a man. That works till you have an ulcer. Ask God. Take it away. He's a great father. Not here to beat you up. (laughs) He's trying here to set you free. And remember, there's no condemnation of those in Christ Jesus.
Just hold your hands out like you're going to receive something. Let me pray for you. Father, as I feel the wind of change coming into people's hearts, God. Holy Spirit, I ask that you ignite those who will be reignited. Father, I thank you your flame never goes out. It never goes weak. It's always strong and blowing. And for those who ask, shall receive. Father, we ask for all, some of us right now for just a fresh infilling of your spirit into our souls that have been beaten down, seem like we're disconnected. I ask right now in the name of Jesus, fill their, your people. Those who have questions about your baptism, Father, I pray that by the end of this series, they'll know exactly what that is and how to operate, how to be spirit-empowered, not only filled. But we ask right now, as your, as your, as your Holy Spirit says, fill us, God. Fill us. Spend a week. Fill us all. As they got together day by day, generosity, they were just so generous. They were so happy, so much joy. Give us the joy of our salvation back, God. That is a, it's an awesome life, walking with you, because we can't put you in a box. We, we call the awe, God. Restore the awe in our relationship. Like when we first met our wives, we said, oh, and 20 years later, you should be saying, man, you should be saying, aha. Because your relationship never gets stale and never grows old. And I thank you today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap. Today. <laughs>